I'd like you to stand with me, please. We are going to read the scriptures for this morning together. Father, this is your word. We are your people who are called by your name. We are standing here this morning, not on our own strength, but because of what your only begotten son, Jesus Christ our Lord, has done in and through us. I pray, O God, that you will take anything that is going to Take our minds of why we are here this morning, and that is to lift you up. Hide me behind the cross. And Lord, may I not be seen, but may your word, which is quick and powerful and sharp, will be received, and there it will indeed bring forth much fruit, and you will be glorified. Thank you. For your word today and get glory out of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, I want to begin by saying to you, without a shadow or doubt, The concept of light is the combination metaphor to the thought of salt. Jesus was teaching that there are two aspects of Christian witness which results from a life of blessedness. The first is the spiritual influence. You are the salt of the earth. The second is the spiritual Radiation or radiance, you are the light of the world. Now, we, we all know what salt is. Salt preserves. Salt Chase, 
salt seasons. And I don't think there is a family in this congregation that doesn't have salt in their homes today. There may be a few who don't cook with salt, but that's their special part. And uh, they will be the first to tell you they don't enjoy it. I must have touched a nerve there. It is a fact that we are the salt of the earth. In terms of spiritual experience, salt represents the spirit of God's life, while the light suggests the Son of God through Jesus Christ, who is in our life. First, I'd like to look at the figure of life. You are the salt of the earth. He is talking to born-again believers everywhere. Light is the combination of all known colors and as such it is a fitting symbol of the perfection and attributes of God as a result of his son Jesus Christ and what he has done. Paul, of course, reminds us that we should let our light shine out of darkness. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, and I quote, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. End of quote. We are the light of the world. The essence of the gospel is the good news of the coming of the eternal and uncreated light, Jesus Christ our Lord. To light the lamp of men and women who are in total darkness. David knew something of this light when he prayed in Psalm 18, verse 28, and I quote, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. 
my God, turn my darkness into light. And the Lord Jesus himself confronted those of us who have our candles lit by saying, you are the light of the world. First of all, let's, let, let's look at the lamp. In, in Paul's day, the lamp was a clay bowl in which oil was poured. The wick floated. And this speaks of these bodies of ours in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Paul said, and I quote, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. And that price caused God, our Father, to give up his only begotten Son, to die where you should have died and where I should have died. What an amazing truth to realize that these earthen bodies of ours are the vessels for which the light of God bums with holy flame. This, of course, should be the greatest incentive to the full surrender of our bodies and our spirit. You might look a little closer at that if you would look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. We are not going to spend time there this morning, but I would encourage you to do so at your convenience. But secondly, we see something else. We see the earl. We look at the lamp, but let's look at the earl. Throughout scripture, the earl is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It is used for anointing kings. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. It is used for anointing priests. Leviticus 8, verse 30. Prophets, Isaiah 6. The one verse one. It illuminates. It's for illumination. 
Exodus 27, 20. And if you want to come a little closer home, we can look at the parable of the ten virgins. And we can underscore the importance of having oil in our lamps. Without oil, there is no life. And without life, there is no light. May I repeat that again, please? Without oil, there is no light. And without light, there is no life. If you are born again into the family of God, you do have the Holy Spirit in your life. But, well, I'll dare say you have the Holy Spirit in your life from the moment you were born again into the family of God every moment of every day. He has never left you. He will never leave you. But my question to you today that is worthwhile pondering is how much of the Holy Spirit or how much of you and I the Holy Spirit has. We know we have the Holy Spirit if we are born again. But how much of us does the Holy Spirit have? That's a thought to ponder. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, and I quote, And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Thirdly, we'd like to look at the wick. Biblical scholars agree that the wick represents human spirit. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, and again I quote, The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. It searches out his innermost being. Only the Lord can do that. It is the human spirit that is quickened to life by the incoming of the Holy Spirit. Like the wick, the human spirit must be trimmed and kept clean through the disciplining and the purifying power of the word of God. Jesus Christ could say to his disciple and disciples in John 15, 
verse 3 again, and I quote, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. We might be born again into the family of God. But are we clean? Are we available to God for his glory? Fourthly, we note the flame. This is a life or the life of Jesus made ready in and through the Holy Spirit. John tells us in John chapter 1 verse 4, and again I quote, In him that is in Christ was life, and the life was the life, light of man or men. The Messiah declares in John 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In a very real sense, the light which people sees in Christians is derived or borrowed from the light of Jesus. It is his life in us that becomes the light in darkness and especially in this dark world in which we live. Jesus said again, and I quote, I make no apologies for this. Let your light so shine before men. I know of a situation where a lady was picked up because they thought she had some connection with a robbery that has taken place. She was taken into the cell and one of the officers came around and asked, what are you doing here? And someone else said, she is in here because she is suspected of having a part in such and such a robbery. And she looked up and said, I am here to witness to you. She had a Bible in her hand. She witnessed to that police. He trusted the Lord as his personal savior. And the other lady in the cell who was with her could only sit in awe. That 
is what I am talking about. Not only in the good times, not only in a church setting such as this, but in the cell. She witnessed. Well, of course, not long afterwards, they had to write and apologize to the employers of the place that she worked and said that she was held, but she is released and had nothing to do with the robbery. I don't know how I would have handled that, but I wish that I would be able to do the same. We belong to God. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And he expects us to let our light shine. The function of light or light is for us to shine, to put it in his own words, he said. Let your light so shine before men. This statement is then amplified to show that light, or as light in the world, we are to make a difference. But we must shine privately. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. One of the most difficult places in which to witness, however, is our homes. But right here in the privacy of our homes, we are exhorted to shine like a candle or a light on a lampstand. Sometimes the people who are quite vocal in prayer meetings and bold in their witnesses in the church have little or no testimonies in the home. And this is, this is definitely not in keeping with the teaching of our Lord. Indeed, it reflects adversely upon the reality of the life of Jesus in us. Our witness in the world counts for little. If there is no light, in the house. Is there any light in your house? Secondly, we must shine 
publicly. We are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. The idea behind the public witness involves not only a separated life, but a corporate life and testimony. In fact, the brightness and radiation of a church witness depends not only on the leading lights, but on each individual light shining brightly and consistently. The thought, however, behind the city is that of a place like Palestine with clustered of white structures placed on a hill and you can see it in a distance it stands out from everything else it is said of course of the church in Paul's day Romans chapter 1 verse 8 and, and I quote first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because you, your faith is being reported all over the world and the same was true of the assembly of the Thessalonians in Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 8 and I quote the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia or Achaia your faith in God has become known everywhere what about Calvary Bible Church what is said of us when we are asked where do you congregate as a local assembly and you mention Calvary Bible Church are they able to recognize us because of our faithfulness to our God our lifestyle are they able to say oh yes I know Calvary they are devoted to their God I pray that that indeed will be the response let us remember that the light that shines brightest shines farthest. thirdly we must shine purposefully in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven the shining of our light is not to draw attention to ourselves 
but rather to reflect the glory of our God. In the person of Jesus Christ, people are not to see the lampstand, but the light. Too often, too much attention is drawn to the stand instead of the light. A. Light dispels darkness. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. End of quote. As we follow the Lord and live to the glory of God, we should be forever dispelling the darkness of ignorance and impurities. The gospel light not only cleanse men's mind, but it should purify their lives. B. Light discovers danger. The word of God tells us again in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Even the danger. Our ministry as light bearers is to expose that which is evil. Second, or First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5. And I quote, We will bring to light, or he will bring to light, what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motive of men's heart. At that time, each will receive the praises from God. Is that? Why we do what we do? First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. I hope that is the desire of our hearts. John chapter 3, verse 20. I quote, Everyone who does evil hates light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The Holy Spirit opens in or operating in the believer's life is ever or should be ever convicting men of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. See, 
light determines direction. Proverbs 4.18 The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till full light of day. End of quote. In other words, the life of a Christian is a directing light, not only for the individual, but for those who follows. And believe me, all of us have followers. Check that little grandson of yours. He tries to walk like granddad or like dad. Or that little daughter will go and try to find that makeup and put it on like mom. We all have followers. In other words, our life is supposed to be a light that stands out in spite of duality experience. Philippians 2 verse 15 and 16 says, and I quote, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Thirdly, we note the failure of the light. Neither do people light a candle or a lamp and put it under a bowl. Luke add a little twist to this. I like it. In Luke chapter 8 verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a jar or put it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. In other words, failure of the light to shine in our lives is associated with the metaphor of the bowl and the bed. Neither do people like light a lamp and put it under a bowl. First of all, the bowl speaks of busyness. Meal and flour would be the normal meal in the home in Palestine. And this represents even us today as the daily bread which people work for and eat. It also suggests that we work and we spend money for these things. The the Bible solemnly warns us, however, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, 
It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. End of quote. Tragically, in many cases, Christians become so wrapped up in their rounds of daily busyness that they do hide their light under the bowl. We need to beware of the barrenness of a busy life, lest the service be sapped spiritually. All of us know of Christians who, who have lost their radiance and testimony because of busyness, materialism, and worldliness. Secondly, we note the bed, that the bed speaks of laziness. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Both the bowl and the bed have their proper usage, of course. We all use it. I most certainly do, for eating as well as for resting. But when they are employed for hiding a light which could or should be on a candlestick, then something is seriously wrong. You're missing your directive from the master. Proverbs 26 verse 14 declares, and I quote, As a door turns on its hinge, so a sluggard turns on his bed. The thought here is that the lazy man moves but does not leave the place as a door. If you went home today and the door was not on the hinge, you will be, before you get inside, you probably have a heart attack. You know somebody took it off, you took it off and carried it away. No wonder, however, Solomon asked the question in Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long will you lie here, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? Are we sleeping on the job? I'm talking about letting our light shine. Being a salt. May I say to you that the divine nature is characterized by activity. Jesus said, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. John 5 17. As Christians, we should hold aloft the light 
of witness in this dark hour rather than hiding it under a bowl of busyness or in a bed of laziness. Let us never be too busy or too lazy to be used of God. In conclusion, we have need right now in this assembly men and if you leave it up to me women to serve as deacons but for two years we can't get 12 men who are dedicated to serving God and I dare say that there is not another assembly with as many capable men to serve. There are other areas, but I won't take time to name them. You know them, that we have need. And you are quite capable of filling those needs. Don't allow busyness or laziness to stop you from serving your God. As we consider what Jesus meant by the figure, the function, and the failure of light, let us resolve by the power of his enablement to be shining lights in this day and generation. Shall we pray? Father, I have done as thou hast commanded me, and yet there is much room. You know the hearts of every individual that is present here today. Oh God, may your word indeed find good soil. And may you, oh God, cause it to produce much fruit. And we will be careful to give you all the praise. Because it's to you, oh Father, all honor and glory, and praises is due. We give you thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen.